Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Joining me this week, the three amigos return. Lee Dobbs, Dan Healy, Rob Newell. How are we, guys? Hi, right, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, very good. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thanks for joining me again. Um, I'm going to fire out a klaxon. <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> there's some there's some breaking news guys breaking news as we as always on a tuesday evening uk time it seems to be marlin's moving day um there was some news already that came out that cooper was coming off the il uh coming straight back to the back to the 25-man roster which is good sounds positive the corresponding move is Lewis Brinson down? Woo, woo, woo. There's that klaxon again. Breaking news. We've talked about it. <laughs> We've We're talked so about budget. it all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're, we're going we're gonna to improve that klaxon as these pods go on. But <laughs> for now, that's, the, that's, that's as good as the, the main producer can offer. The main producer being me. Um, so, uh, yeah, so... Brinson down. I, we talked about it a lot. We've probably talked about it every episode that we've uh, that we've done so far, guys. I'm just going to throw it out to you. See what initial thoughts are. Rob, the right move. Unfortunately, yes. And um, Brinson hasn't ended up being what we thought he was going to be, and even sort of thinking about last season where he was given a lot of opportunities by the Marlins when he was struggling and it was the 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 storyline that was fed out by Mattingly and the coaches was you know give him time uh he will come round he's got to get used to it don't compare him with Christian Yelich um he's a different player and then there was a lot of talk about his mechanics that he was tall and they were you know a lot of pictures were just sort of uh, really trying to get it in on him or in on his hands, not in a position where he could, um, uh, he, he was not receiving many fastballs at all. It was all trying to get him to swing um, out of the zone or anything that was close to him. And he didn't seem to be able to adapt. Um, his, his stats from last year where we were, we kind of, treated last year as an anomaly and this year he was going to be you know that real power bat outfielder his stats are almost identical so and yet again a smaller uh, sort of sample size like with any stats we say so far this year but his era last year was 199 it's 197 he's on base percentage 247 last year it was 240 it's almost identical it's like he's not moved and there's been a few issues in the outfield as well we've seen a few silly errors ball going under his glove he doesn't seem to be quite with it and I don't know whether it's it's him and actually he's not the player who like like we, we talk about those quadruple a players those players that seem to be able to <laughs> play really, really well in, in AAA, but as soon as they get up to the MLB level, they, they just can't seem to do it. And, you know, we've talked about Peter O'Brien in the past and the issues like Austin Dean going up and down, etc. But um, it does 
I that's what I you worry about that that's with Brinson. However, moving him down into AAA, which at the moment the the you know the baby cakes at the moment are just uh, a power hitting machine, might get his confidence up. A few really really good good bats. If he can get on base a lot, his confidence might rise. Just have a look at the moment at someone like Peter O'Brien or Austin Dean who have come down and are now going great guns. So maybe this will help and maybe this will just tune that pressure off him that he's not the Yelich. He's not a direct one-for-one replacement to Yelich. He's a completely different player. And no other player that came in from the Stanton trade or the Azuna trade had that kind of pressure on him. And hopefully that will now dissipate now he's been moved down. Yeah. It'd be interesting for him to go into a winning team and, uh, like you said, a power-hitting team for that level at AAA versus the the ice the ice of the, the major league club and see see how he responds. In some ways, he'll still be feeling the pressure, though, would you say, Lee? I mean, he he is a market, you know, he's the potential face of the franchise in many ways. Yeah. He's, he's headed down. We talked about this before, about other players responding. What are we, what are we expecting from Brinson at AAA level? Yeah, I, I think, I think the timing is right now, I think, to do it. That's like I was saying, the expectations now... I think mean, he's just got to just got to get comfy now with his swing because the the like I said, the pressure was really ramped up and it was just getting worse and worse every week and now he wasn't even in the lineup some of some of the games so yeah and there's no use just sitting on the bench because he's he's not he's not going to figure you know it out sitting on the bench so I think now if he goes down I'd well he, well, he is down now I'd keep him there for for a good few weeks just to find his swing again. Yeah, you know, we we don't want one of these things where he's down for a few days, then and then it's back up again. Yeah, you know, just in the, in the same the same the same position. So I'd keep him down now. Just just tell him to find you know you know find his confidence, which which is what what he's badly lacking, and just see if he can can find it again. So as you're saying, the other players have gone down and have shown you know, you know that, that it works for them. So we just just have to hope that it work it works for Brinson. You know, as you say, he was the, the face. Or, 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 you know, of the French, the franchise coming coming into this season, and there, there was there was pressure on him, so he, so yeah. hopefully it will work out for him down there, and we can call him up again in maybe June or something, and 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 see how he goes then. Yeah, I we talked about this before as well, but I I just have a sense that he's just been a little bit mismanaged there. If yeah. if he is the potential face, why have him in the in the eight spot? you know, week after week or game after game and then it led to him being left out and just being a bench player. It just it doesn't seem like it's gonna give anyone any confidence. He's obviously struggling a bit and it just seems a bit a bit odd. But, you know, we'll we'll see how he, he bounces back from it. Um Dan, what what are you thinking? The right time as well? Yeah, you, you just took the words out of my mouth there at the end there, because that was um, that was exactly exactly what I was going about to come on to. Because only a week ago we were saying with the same problems with with Brinson, and we said that what we what I would have liked to have seen was him just to give a sustained amount of time just at the top, just let him hit, 
no pressure, just give him, I don't know, a couple of weeks to see how he gets on. There would always need to be this line where if it still wasn't happening, then decisions need to be made. But now that hasn't happened and is now not even been really in, he's not even been in the team or he's just been down at eight or coming in just to pinch it, that, that, that's not really doing, that's not doing him any favours, it's not doing the team any favours. And therefore, the, the right decision is made now that he does drop down. Um, mm. But I just, I, I'm a bit baffled, really, of the last week of that, that mismanagement. I just think, and even though I really like Matt and Lee, and, you know, it's always going to be very difficult to, to judge anyone on a team that's designed to lose, really, this year. But the one thing that could have maybe caused problems if this strange decisions were being made, and I think that is a strange decision, how he's handled Brinson the last week. So I think yeah. now... Is, is the right time. And um, now he's just got to stay down there for a bit, get his swing back, get his confidence back. And I still think he could be a, a very important player for us. And I hope he does. Yeah, me too. Me too, mate. I, I hope there's no correlation between that jersey arriving and, his, <laughs> and this that action. But I'm, I'm starting to think, guys, we might need to shut this podcast down because there's, <laughs> there is some serious repercussions to any... Uh, any player of the week activity or any engagement. Yeah. So, <laughs> the curse is real. Know, well, <laughs> I, I'm half expecting the Marlins media guys to reach out and go, guys, let's just shut it down for a while. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think we all saw it coming and it's the time is right. For me, the moment when I knew the time was right was when we were playing on the Sunday the Sunday game, I think it was anyway, maybe the Saturday game. And I looked at the lineup. I think it was a Sunday. I looked at the lineup and there was leading off John Birdie. Yeah. And I thought, okay, we need to make this move now. If that's the position we've got to and John Birdie is hitting in the leadoff spot, I'm not even sure Brinson started that game. Hold on. He, he did. Check. He was in number eight. Yeah, he was eight. He was, of course he was. Of course. <laughs> Of course. And so for me, that was the sign I was thinking, do you know what? It, something has to change here. Something's got to happen with Lewis because, yeah. um, you know, if that's, if that's the position we're in. So well, I think we're all agree. The right move. Mm-hmm. We wish him well. It's a confidence builder. It's a confident team that he's going to be joining, a team that's going to be winning the majority of games now, probably. So there's a different culture, a different environment. The spotlight isn't on or it isn't shining as brightly um day to day everyone will be interested we'll all be interested i'm going to be far more interested about the triple a team now that lewis is in there for sure so what i need to work out is how i extend my um my at bat subscription to to cover the minor leagues rob rob you probably have the inside track on that yeah it's 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 okay uh it's it's quite their app is really poor um (laughs) that's something with their app it's not very good yeah. Oh no. Okay, that doesn't fill me with hope. But <laughs> no. uh, either way, let's let's see what's going on in the next couple of weeks. You're right. I think it's the end of April now. We're gonna later on in this pod. We're gonna actually cover some of our fra- favorite moments of the season so far. Um, but the season's still only young. But I think he needs at least a month down there. One of the things I'm thinking of now is who's who's the everyday centre fielder now that Lewis is down or is there an everyday centre fielder that we see 
Well, at the moment, it's Galloway, isn't it? Because that's really your only option now. Because uh, someone like Herrera is is uh, a platoon player all over the park. Um, so you really have Galloway and no one else. One thing I did wonder that I thought might happen, and talking about the Yelich trade and someone who is doing very well in AAA, is Monte Harrison. Would you bring him up instead of Brinson? That, that could have been their option, although you could argue it's way too early, all the rest of it, where you've almost got a like-for-like swap uh, and someone who's on the same trade as well, talking about did we lose the the the, yeah. the Yelich trade? Well, you've got him and Diaz and, and Yamamoto. Um, so um, there are obviously options down in AAA, but at the moment um, you're going to be playing someone who's not, the centre, the outfield is is not their key position. I'm a bit wary about that, especially with Brian Anderson. I think Brian Anderson going out to right field has affected his bat slightly. Um, He's been striking out a lot. And so I'm not keen on players not playing in their proper positions Mm. or just having loads of platoon players because, yeah, I know we're not going to be very good, but that just suggests Mm. we're tanking. (laughs) Well, just on the the Yellich trade side of things, the answer to that will not be known or there's no way to quantify that in my opinion until at least 2021 if not beyond so we'll park that i mean at the moment of course it looks unfavorable to the marlins because yelich has gone absolutely bonkers at the brewers particularly at home i think actually is his, his home road splits are kind of chen like in reverse i suppose um, or, well yeah no, they're Chen like, aren't they? Because Chen was yeah, Chen was a good at home. park master, yeah. So um, yeah, he's absolutely going crazy. Uh, so it's not, <laughs> it doesn't look great now. And I don't know. I wonder if that actually feeds into the psyche of Lewis. You know, if he does feel like he has to be the the Yelich yeah. replacement, mm-hmm. and he sees like a direct correlation or a com- competitiveness between him and and Yelich and whatever. I mean. I hope that isn't the case because I think that's highly unfair. Um, Yelich is obviously a you know good yeah. couple of years older than, than Lewis, and you know, it was being around for a lot longer. So hope mm. not, though. But you know, ne- you never uh, know. I think it may. I, say, I think, I think they like, will always have that that sort of thing where where, where they are where they, they are linked you know, linked together. You see it in like the NFL when the quarterback goes one and quarterback goes two in the draft, their careers are always linked together as to who won you know, mm. a certain position. So yeah, I yeah. think you will always have that, but yeah, hopefully it won't affect him too much, like you know, going forward in you know, over the next few years. I, I, I say, say yeah. Yeah, there, there is there is an age an age gap, so it's still yeah, still exactly yeah. Well, as we know, Lewis is a big fan of this pod, so yeah. <laughs> maybe now there's a bit of an opportunity for Lewis to join us on this. So, <laughs> Lewis, you you've got you've got my. Uh, You've got a direct route into me. You can drop me a DM anytime, schedule a time. I'm always available for you, so no problem for that. Right. That's the breaking news done. I assume nothing else has happened because I'm not sure we can afford another klaxon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's assume that that covers the immediate news. And, and we're right, guys. It seems like every Tuesday, that yeah. is the day where something happens. We've, we've done it, I think, three three weeks in a row where we've had some activity on a Tuesday. 
which I guess kind of makes sense because you, you typically have the, the weekend series, maybe the off day on a Monday, and then you lead up into a new series. So um, we'll cover the, the series ahead a bit later on. We're going to look back at last week quickly, um, not dwell on it too much, mainly because it's hard to bloody remember that far back, actually. Um, a lot a lot happens. But where we got to last week was a two-game series with the Indians and uh, uh, first American League uh, action of the year and uh, designated hitter, etc. Um, it ended up being a split series. So after winning our first series ahead of that against the Nats, we then moved to the Indians and, and split. So we carried on unbeaten, <laughs> which was which was good. Um, two interesting games, actually, and two games that I think when the Marlins look back, actually, they felt they probably could have won both. I know, obviously, we won the first one 3-1. Um, the highlights for that really were Pablo going carrying a no-hitter into the seventh, actually. That was that was the main highlight there. Um, what, um, what else, though, was important, I think, for that game and how it went was uh, Carrasco was equally pitching well for the Indians um, and doing very well. There was a, a bit of a tangle in the fourth inning uh, on a kind of run out to first base. Uh, Neil Walker, I think, was trying to get to first base. I think he did actually get on. Carrasco went on to try and make the play. Um, at first, they ended up tangling, falling over each other. I don't know. But Carrasco came out of the game then after that, actually, which is uh, top of the fourth inning. Didn't come back. And then uh, at that point, the next inning, first pitch with the new pitcher replacing Carrasco, Alfaro, of course, he stuck an opposite field home run because that's all he does. He hits opposite <laughs> field at the moment. Um and that was the changing point, guys, wasn't it? You know, it was Carrasco doing well, a real battle with Pablo. Pablo pitching really well. New pitcher rocks in, maybe not fully warmed up, maybe not fully prepared because, you know, it was injury-related. First pitch, top of the zone. It was above the zone, actually. I remember it, and, and, and Alfaro just absolutely creamed it. Um, beyond that, guys, the only other highlight that I, that I noted down here on that was... Um, beyond the no-hitter of Pablo. It was Prado's 1,500th hit in his career. So 1,500 up for Prado. Captain Pratt, top man. Um, he's carried on his season. He, start, he started well. He's carried it on, guys, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's still um, hitting uh, and looks like or as close as you're going to get to the Prado we had before, or the, the Braves had, I suppose, really, um, before he just had those chronic injuries the last couple of years. The fact when he when he comes into bat, he's he looks really happy, he's really hyped, he's really up for it. Saw it the other night where um, uh, he got a bit angry and slammed his bat on the ground. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, of uh, of passion in there. That was just after he'd nearly got hit by uh, uh, by a delivery. But it was, um, um, yeah, he, I, I, as it stands, he just looks our most consistent bat and has done really now, you know, all season. He's, his average is coming down, it's 286, um, but even so, he's got 18 hits 
off 63 at-bats. Um, he's very low on the strikeouts. He's got seven RBIs, which sounds low, but he's our second highest. Um, so yeah. he's just very Austin reliable. Austin Dean's still in third, is he? Uh, yeah, I think so, yes. Check, yeah. check Dean's numbers. He must still be third. He's <laughs> only played four games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's nuts. Hey, um, Dan, one thinking about thinking ahead to the trade deadline is from a from a from a batting perspective and a veteran perspective is prado an option for teams looking for a third baseman a you know veteran presence for a contender yeah well he sh- he should be because he's is a is a major league baseball player he's He's, you know, he's, he's set. He knows he's been around the block. He, he, he should be exactly what a contender should be looking for, really. Um, I, f- I think that he's. Am I right in saying he's? This is his last season anyway with us. He's yeah, off yeah. the books after this, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know whether or not we we do anything and see if we can trade something for him. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I'm if I'm a if I'm a contender, that I'm, I'm looking at Prado definitely. Mm. Yeah, they're typically the assets that are very movable, aren't they? Where yeah, pen, you know, free agent after the year, you know, they're not. Seems they're going to just going to take a you know a three month deal for someone maybe who's going to fill a hole, add some depth, yeah, you know, etc. I, I think that's certainly a possibility, guys. As the season's going on, I mean, he started well. We've talked about it on this pod already. He has been Mister Consistent and. I've really enjoyed watching him this year, and he looks so confident. I think at the plate, he really does. Um, and his, it's just something about the bat he uses. It's like almost bright white, isn't it? And the swing, the plane of his, you know, the swing plane. He he, he always has it. You can see why he makes good contact. Just the way he swings the bat and the plane it travels. Um, I've been really impressed with El Capitan this year. I must say. Yeah. Just one thing, when, when, when you look, when he's getting ready to bat, he does this kind of thing where he swings the bat and he always does it so it's really low. And that's where the pitcher is and the, the catcher are giving signals. So that puts them off. I'm pretty sure he does that on purpose. So you watch him when he's setting up to bat. He'll get his stance. It's all very deliberate. And then there's this big swing of the bat where the bat goes down low. And then he comes up again. But that's at the same point they're giving the signals out. That's, uh, that's, yeah, pretty, that's pretty impressive, Rob. That is Hulk yeah. fire stuff, mate. <laughs> that is great, isn't it? <laughs> this is it. This is, this is different level of analysis, this. <laughs> we're, getting into, we're getting into the mindset now and um, you know, putting players off by loop-de-loop swings of the bat ahead of, you know, ahead of signals. But to be honest... Prado, he looks. He look. You're right. He did show some frustration the other night, and did. I think he. I don't know if the bat was already broken or he actually broke it. Uh, once he, I think he popped out, didn't he, to maybe right field or something. Uh, on that, I remember that uh, at bat as well. There was a couple of chin music pitches that went, you know, close. Yeah. Uh, we'd obviously already pinged a couple of Phillies in that series. Well. <laughs> We'll lead on to that series shortly and cover that. But, yeah, I guess I remember one of them, Prado, was certainly unhappy. It must have been that at bat. He was very unhappy with one of them that went a little bit too close. And then, yeah, he was obviously, he got a pitch he liked. 
and didn't quite connect. But, you know, it's good to see he's, as the, as the things are progressing, I think we were thinking, you know, is Granderson movable? Is Walker going to be movable? But actually, the way things are progressing at the moment, Prado is the most movable bat, yeah. I think, as as we're getting into the year. And I think that's highly probable now going into it. Um, there's a ton of injuries knocking around already anyway. So, well, I said this, I remember, I don't know if you remember me saying this on the first pod, um, the Yankees at the time had just had an issue. I guess maybe Andujar might have just gone down. And if you remember me, I was going, hey, Yankees, pick up the phone. Prado's available, kind of in jest. But um, I'm not sure I was, I'm not sure I'd be joking anymore. I think, I think that'd be a good move for them at the moment, to be honest. The Yankees, if they continue, uh, you know, 100% on the IL, their team. But anyway. Um, so that was the first Indians game. The second was a, a 6-2 defeat. Um, Sandy went five. Um, and it was a bit of a weird... It was a weird game. It was a close game. And the score, 6-2, looks, it looks a bit wider than what it was. Because actually, coming back to El Capitan, he levelled things up at the top of the eighth with a with a home run that just about got over it hit the fence and yeah <laughs> uh, he, he ran he ran the second and then actually they went no 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 that was just about a home run and sent him round so that was two two top of the eighth for for martin that was also i was cheering that on vocally um and that was actually was against um nick whitgren as well uh an old marlin so that was you know nice Nice bit of, uh, you know, a couple of old school guys going at it together there. Unfortunately, though, we ended up blowing it up in the eighth and Conley and Guerrero both got into some trouble there. Uh, unfortunately, um, Jose Ramirez, who'd been ice cold, I mean, he wouldn't have looked out of place in the Marlins lineup for this year. <laughs> you know, the way he started, he, he'd been awful. But unfortunately, he came alive in that game. I think he went three for four. A massive home run. His first one, I think, batting left-handed this year. Another couple of RBIs in that eighth as well, like down, I think it was down the first baseline and hit into their kind of little, went right into the corner. And Anyway, it just wasn't to be for the Marlins that game. But um, there's one specific thing that I want to touch upon before we move on from that game, that it's the first time my mind has been blown this season. So we need to talk about this, and it's in a positive way, not in a negative way. You'd be pleased to know. <clears throat> I'll set the scene for you guys and see if you remember this scenario. Bottom of the fifth, we intentionally walk Ramirez, who's two for three at that point. Uh, there's one out, and we bring up Carlos Santana. Pretty sure he was a guitarist back in the day, but um, I don't know. Maybe he's playing baseball for the Indians instead now. So. We load the bases, one out, and Sandy's still pitching. It's 2-2, and it's a what-happened-next moment almost. It was Sandy threw this change-up, and bearing in mind Santana bats left-handed, so and obviously Sandy's right-handed, so he threw this change-up where Santana, and actually where it ended was 92 mile an hour, flushed down the middle of the plate, Middle, middle, 92. So you would theoretically think that would have been hittable. But Santana was literally like 
swerving, ducking out the way. Because it came out of Sandy's hand and he thought, uh-oh, that's chin music. But it was the change, dropped in middle, middle, 92, struck him out. It was absolutely awesome. It's the, I literally yeah. fell off my chair. I'd had a few I remember that, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll say, I, I, remember, I, remember, I remember seeing it on the tail. I was like, wow, just, just seeing it. Because when you first thought, you thought, oh, that's going to be a ball or something. And then, yeah, it just swerved right in and... Like saying it, it, it just just froze, you know, Santana at, at the plate, and I think Sandy got a ground out after that, you know, to, to escape the down as well. So, yeah, he it, did. He got out of it, mate. Exactly. Yeah. He got he got he got cargo to ground ground yeah. out after that to get out of the bases loaded jam that he'd obviously created. But I mean, he didn't have his best stuff that day. No. But for me, that moment was awesome. And, and that's that's what we're looking for is for these guys, these pitchers, the young guys, the baby-faced aces, to get themselves out of those jams mm-hmm. and learn from that. And that was absolutely awesome. And then I flicked on Twitter and saw everyone, all the Marlins crew, were exactly the same. And actually, it was beyond the Marlins crew. It was kind of MLB-wide where people were sharing this going, holy moly, have you seen what this Marlins pitcher has just done? It was it was an awesome moment. The game didn't go our way in the end, but that moment itself was absolutely awesome for me. So, split series, guys. A good series. I mean, we talked yeah. about this leading up to it. The Indians have been division winners by default there for a couple of years because that division is absolutely awful. They haven't invested. And actually, I know Lindor's just come back uh, from from, you know, He's been out all year, hasn't he? And he's, he was his first couple of at-bats, really. Lindor's back. Ramirez has been iced. And the rest of the lineup doesn't look great. I mean, we thought that heading into the series, and I think that showed up, actually. I, if I was in, an Indians fan, I'd be relatively concerned about how I'm shaping up, particularly with uh, a couple of injuries appearing on their rotation, which is actually really strong. And we're going to come into some of their pitches later because we do play them again. Uh, this week uh, so a four game series against the Phillies we won't spend a lot of time dwelling on this one but it ended it ended 3-1 to the Phillies um, they they're a they're a dangerous team the Phillies I mean we've seen them that's the second time we've seen them now and they've had a couple of players out actually injured and stuff but they still look extremely dangerous um lee i'll i'll throw it to you anything you spotted from the philly series that was of note interest excitement or disappointment i just say we lost the series 3-1 but when you look at the stats you know if you had just shown someone these stats you wouldn't have thought we lost 3-1 we had 41 hits to their 28 and we and well no no yeah 41 hits, yeah, and they had, yeah, and we scored 13 runs to their 22, right? So they had 21 hits but scored 22 runs. So it just shows that they were getting the big hit, yeah, and they were scoring runs, whereas we had the 41 hits, yeah, only scored 13 runs. So it's just like we always say, you know, we're not getting, you know, we're not just getting that killing shot, you know, like a free run home or something. We just don't get it. Our home runs are always just single, you know, single solo home runs. So when we need the big hit, yeah, we're getting them. We we had the men on base in this series, but we just couldn't get get the killer hit. Yeah, the big scoring runs. 
which and I think that told in series. Uh, oh yeah, overall we matched them, you know, in that, in that sort of sort of stats, but just like that killing run we just couldn't get, which I think is is one of the differences when you've got you know, such a big power powerful team team you know like the Phillies, where where whereas we're struggling with with this young lineup who are who are struggling. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a mismatch on the lineups there for sure. Um, but one thing before we move on, have you turned into Rob? Because all of a sudden there's there's stats flying out from you. What's what's going on here? I know what's going on. He's rubbing off me, see. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. A month in. So, and... Next week, well, mate. Next week, I want a full double A report from you. So let's. <laughs> I'll start working on 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 it on it now. <laughs> this is it, mate. A full double A report coming. We'll have triple A covered. All good. Um, yeah, I th- I think you're right. There was there was yeah. It, there's some some oddities there about the number of hits and runs and etc. And it was a close series uh, in many ways. We we took the first game three one. It went into extras. Um. I actually, I watched that game live. We were chatting about this before we came on anyway, but it was the same evening as the as the first round of the NFL draft. And we're all, I think, NFL fans as well on here anyway. But um, I I watched, started watching the, 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 the Phillies-Marlins game um, and um, Caleb Smith was on the mound. So it was always a good night when Caleb's on there. The guy is absolutely legit. I'm not. He, he is a middle of the rotation. He's bloody top of the rotation type stuff, in my opinion. The guy, the guy is awesome, um, and he made Aaron Nola look absolutely awful, in my opinion. I mean, Nola was okay, but versus Caleb, like you can see, Nola's off, and Caleb is seriously on at the moment. Um, but anyway, I came, ended up. I watched the first couple of innings of that. Then I realised the draft was starting about 1am. I thought, right, I'm going down to watch that too. So I had uh, the split, spree, the split screen going on here with the, the draft on, game on. And I've got to be honest, the, the Marlins game, I think that is my favourite game of the year thus far. For an extra innings game, I think it was almost total dominance from a Marlins from a Marlins perspective, which seems odd to say when we went to extras. Obviously, it was tied at one one apiece in the ninth. Uh, if, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a uh, an, a, a ping into left field um, and Nick Williams, who who kind of subbed in, absolutely nailed a throw to home plate and they tagged out Miggy Rowe. Um, nice work, actually. It was an absolute gun of a throw. But, you know, the Marlins were knocking on the door there in the ninth. Hector Norris was pitching. He came back out for the tenth. And then, you know, Stalin Stalin the Marlin just finished it off with, uh, I think it was a two-run bomb, actually. Um, So, you know, to take that 3-1, if you could ever say there was a dominant 3-1 in extras, that was it. The Marlins were were awesome in that. They out-hit the Phillies heavily. I think it was 12 hits the Marlins had. Phillies maybe had three or four. They looked bang average. I mean, the Phillies lineup is is naughty, if I'm honest. There, it's a real dangerous lineup there. Caleb tamed them. We made Nola look 
pretty average and you know Castro finished it off other notable by the way was Neil Walker going three for five as well so you know we got the we got the flurry of hits there unfortunately we walked into the next game I think the weather was a bit crap ended up four nil Eikhoff seven innings strong also to be fair Rainier went seven strong too but um, we had a few bullpen issues as well and whatnot. I think Rio Muto went long off Arania as well. So again, the old boys coming coming against each other. But you know, four nil tricky conditions. The next game though, the Saturday game, we ended up twelve nine. Again, that probably doesn't tell the full tale of what actually happened. I watched uh I watched the Richard stuff live and Trevor, this is his first outing where he struggled. Um the other guys have also had one or two as well so far but this was Trevor's first wasn't it uh, in terms of struggling didn't quite have his stuff um, so he was he only went four five earned runs two walks um, <laughs> one one major moment in that as well was Trevor didn't have his change up whatsoever and his, tra- his change up was like top of the zone change up which is you know really not what he's looking for and the fastball command wasn't there either. And Gene Segura will testify to this because he took 90 mile an hour, something like straight off the peak of the helmet. And I'm telling you when it, when it happened, I thought, Holy moly, that's got him flush in the face. And there's going to be a serious Giancarlo style injury here. Luckily it got him flush on the peak and there was no major damage. So, but again, it was windy. He didn't have his command. Then he hit Segura in the head. I mean, his his brain, I think, was a little bit scrambled there for, for Trevor. Um, but, Lee, I'm going to throw it back to you. There was a Chen outing <laughs> in this game. Two innings pitched. No earned runs. Yeah, no earned runs. What? <laughs> What does that take his ERA to for the year? Where's where's he at now? He started at at infinity because of his early start, but he's now down to the magic so, number. Uh, is. Was it thirteen now? I think isn't it thirteen point zero three? Yeah, about half of Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean that's when it gets under ten, I mean, there's going to be another klaxon. Yeah. So, <laughs> get your klaxon watches out for next week. Uh, I think um, you said. Had uh, three three scoreless now, you know, in a row. So <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, he's, he's finding it again. All he's... jokes aside, uh, yeah, on, he's I'm still wrong. given up double the amount of runs that Caleb Smith has, <laughs> um, and with albeit uh, with twenty less innings pitched. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think we may need to uh, forget about Chen's early start, and hopefully he is settling in. Um, the the one thing about that game was actually, and I'm strange to say this, I wanted to see him earlier because I thought Garcia really struggled when he was out there and I thought he should have been pulled. Because if you look at it, especially in the end score being 12-9, um, he, 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 he just didn't seem to have any command. Um, there was, he ended up with... Um, uh, with two walks and uh, five earned runs. And you would have kind of thought 
uh, if they they should just pulled him off early and 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 put Chen or someone else in, um, and it was a bit of a shame really because if you think about Quajada um, who who had come in for Garcia when he had his uh, paternity leave, looked really really good. I've got a few strikeouts, very very unorthodox action as well, which kind of confused the bats. Um, but um, I think if they took Garcia off earlier. Um, Chen might have won the game for us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I was saying, so that game, the way it went, um, there was, uh, again, Trevor was still in. Bryce, let me see what inning this was. Uh, it was the third or fourth inning, whatever it was. Bryce had a fly ball out to right field, straight down right field's throat. As it, you know, all you see on telly is the pitch, the hit. You know he hasn't got it. It then goes to the field, you know, the fielding view, and you think, okay, it'll just flick out, and there'll be Brian Anderson there, swallowing it up, usual position. Anyway, it, it ends up blooping out. Not bloop. I mean, it, it went straight to where right field should be, and Anderson wasn't even in the shot when it landed, and Bryce ends up getting a, you know, a two-run. Double, I think it was. And I completely lost my mind at that point. I've got to be honest. I was absolutely fuming. I, For me, I, I know the shift and shifting and Marlon shifting and how they come and how they get to these positions, I think is for another pod at another time. Um, but that one for me looked completely, I didn't know what was happening. It was completely odd that Bryce is a left-handed hitter and right field is nowhere to be seen. Like, I'd understand it if the left fielder had moved across and, okay, he ended up hitting a line drive opposite field and, you know, Granderson wasn't there. Okay, you'd accept that. But to hit what he hit and to, to get a two-run uh, two run double, I just lost my mind. Then it flicked to the bullpen and Chen's warming up in the third inning, I thought... <laughs> I think this is enough for me tonight, guys. I think that was the point where I uh, I, I, I turned it off, actually, from live action. But I actually missed out on a shed load where it got to, what, 10-1. Then the Marlins were the full rally, taking it to, what, 10-9, was it, guys? Yeah, 10-9. 10-9, exactly. So uh, Trevor struggled. The shift wasn't working. But what we did see was um, a load of resilience again from these guys. And we've talked about this before as well, I'm sure of that, that the guys are scrapping, which is nice to see. And it's expected. I mean, you haven't got a lot of big time, big time major league guys in this team. You've got a lot, a couple of veterans with sprinkled with young guys trying to make their way. So, you know, they shouldn't be given up and they aren't given up. And it's good to see that they aren't. And, you know, they got it close again. Um and then I think we probably had a bullpen issue again, did we? It must have been in the eighth or ninth, maybe. Yeah. Stecken Ryder. Stecken, I, I tell you what, Steck's really, he's struggling, isn't he? He he seems to be giving away a lot of home runs. Um, and when he's got it together, he, he strikeouts there. Remember, he was part of that kind of really efficient um, bullpen we had for a little while last year where it was... It seemed to be um, him and Barraclaw um, mm. and um, 
it, it, when those seem to be together, they seem to be in a routine and been able to get those holds. But um, he's been used all over the place at the moment, and he looks really, really liable. I'm just trying to see. He's given away five home runs so far this year um, in a total of 11 innings pitched. Um, yeah. So he's just he, he's um, he. Is yeah again is is mainly I think off the the uh, attempt with the the curveball or the fastball so um, yeah he doesn't look the same um, pitcher and this is a problem nah. with all pens you you tend to see that they'll get a, a, someone will be on form for a period of time and then they lose it it's really difficult to get it back because yeah. you, you need quite a few innings to reduce your ERA after you've been knocked around for a few home runs. Yeah. Dan, I tell you who is looking awesome in the bullpen um, is Nick Anderson. He, the the dude is up there. He's <laughs> he's Josh Hader-like at the moment in terms of what he's doing with his strikeout ratio is absolutely, it's up there. It's up there with Hader. I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. Nice surprise in the bullpen. Yeah, definitely. And um, the bullpen in general, I know there's been <laughs> there's been a noticeable couple of uh, uh, players that we've we've already covered a lot on the wrong side of things. But I think the bullpen and the pitching in general, I think has been has been really promising. It's been um, yeah, Anderson um, Conley's been been decent. I think so. I think that yeah, it's it's one it's something to uh, to be positive around where. Um, you know the, the 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 batting hasn't been good as we've covered lots of times uh, on on the on the pod. But I think I mean I've just been um, going through because the Phillies series. I'll just give you a little recap of my um, my uh, uh, week through the Phillies series, and I, I stayed uh, <laughs> I stayed up for the uh, for the first game till uh, till pretty much about what one ish one thirty it might have been um, for the first game, which we did end up winning. I think I, I called it a day about the seventh. Um, and then went to bed to find out we'd got we'd gone and got the win uh, in extra innings, which was nice. Um, it didn't then bother um, with the second because of the rain delay, so um, it was it wasn't particularly UK friendly time. So I didn't see any of that. And then um, <laughs> with the weekend, I had uh, my, my focus was quite on um, a light jog that I was having around London uh, <laughs> on Sunday. So uh, I went to bed. I went to bed early um, in for marathon preparation on uh, on Saturday, so missed the blitz of. 12-9 and the almost heroic comeback and the game that had about 30 hits between the two teams and seemed explosive. So I was a bit gutted I missed that. And then the Sunday, I was absolutely dead in my feet by the time I got in. Almost didn't make it through the door before falling asleep and missed all of that. So in preparation of tonight, I thought, right, I've let the team down a little bit here. Um, haven't really seen any baseball apart from the first game. So I'll get together a few stats. And, um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll... Hold on a minute. <laughs> Rob, they're coming after you. Well, that's that's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with, with Triple A. Yeah. Uh, I'll be I with Batavia Muck Dogs soon. I'll be giving you the stats for them. Yeah, so I thought, well, you know, everyone's hitting us up with all these incredible stats. I'll produce nothing. So I thought, okay, in, in preparation for the pod and having let the thing down a bit, I'm going to put together a few stats and it's going to be based on hitting because we've covered hitting a lot. So you can imagine I was a little bit gutted when Lee already come out with 41 hits to 28 that we got. Uh, 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 
<laughs> with all their power after losing the series 3-1, but outbatting them to for hitting them to 41 to 28. But I can go a little bit further with it. And um, so, yeah, that, that's quite a, a nice stat to be a little bit proud of, considering that, you know, the Phillies are stacked with power. And it, it means that, all right, we might not be getting um, as powerful as them, but that's, that's, that's pretty comprehensive. So that's quite nice. And um, to take it back to when our last series win was against the Nats, we then um, we also out hit the Indians in, their, in our two game, only just, but we out hit them by 14 to 12. So that means that since our last series win, we've we've out hit our opponents by 55 to 40. And considering that we was always talking about how ice cold the bats were and how it's got to start improving, well, that's an improvement, and that's that's got to be acknowledged. Um, now, just that's a positive spin, which I know you like, Pete. I do. Now I'm going to come on to this this podcast. Yeah. That's okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to let myself down a little bit then because I've now also seen a bit of a trend which isn't so good, and it is also something we've covered is the slow starts. Now, Marlins through uh, three innings, and I've said it before again um, that I remember I've going back weeks now that you sort of get this vibe that even after three to four innings you just think nothing's happening here we're not even getting on person or getting a walk and just nothing's happening so I did a bit of digging and um it, well in the last week so from Sunday to Sunday we've only hit two runs in the last seven games through three innings so at the end of thirds with two runs that's that's um yeah that's a bit a uh, bit alarming and when you look back at through the last 12 we've only been in the lead once in the last 12 games after three innings and then going back all the way through the season, we've only led five times through three innings in the 28 games since the start of the season, which is only about 17, 18% of the time that we've been winning through three innings. And that's, I think, our problem at the moment because that's putting pressure on the pitchers. We're not getting around the bases. We're not getting the runs. And even though it's nice to see the fact that we had a lot of shutouts this time two weeks ago and we've now improved the hitting, things have got to be done quicker. Um, because if we, we're going into the mid-innings losing, which almost 80% of the time we are, then um, it's difficult to come back from that. We can't rely on our extremely good pitching that we've got, especially as it starts going down to the bullpen. We need to get off to the mark quicker. And that's just a little trend that I found. That even though we had a nice start to, to the week with some, some big hits and some good hits and out hitting a big team like the Philadelphia Phillies, um, we've got to get off to the mark quicker, and that's something that I thought was a little bit alarming. Bloody hell, Dan! This is this is next level now. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, I've realised that ahead of next week, I'm going to bring a stat to the table now because <laughs> this is this is getting this is getting you know this the podcast dynamic is changing. You know, as we're recording live here, the dynamic is shifting. Um, <laughs> But it's a cracking right, point, though, I, isn't it? It's a really it good is, point. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. I, I think there's two bits there really that stick out to me is our pitching is keeping us in games. Those starters are doing an awesome job. It's one hell of a rotation. It's a young rotation, but they're doing an awesome job. And they're keeping us in games. That's the thing. The bullpen, as you mentioned down then as well, is also doing an okay job as well, actually. And mm-hmm. I guess what's happening is where as we then start to move into the bullpen innings 
for other teams, actually, that's where their weaknesses have been, particularly the NL East teams. I've spoken to all of the guys uh, from the UK fan accounts, and if there's one trend, it's our bullpen is not great. And that that's a trend across the Phillies, Braves, the, the Nats in particular, all of them, their bullpens are on fire negatively, um, as in they're burning down. Um, and, you know, our, our pitching is keeping us in it. The bats are slow to wake up. Um, we've talked about this before already. No one's walking. I mean, the, the stats, when you look at the Phillies' walks versus the Marlins' walk, I'm Marlins' walks total, I'm pretty sure that Bryce Harper will have walked more times total than the whole of the Marlins' team <laughs> all year. I'm pretty sure. I, don't, I haven't got it in front of me. And that's a stat I'm going to bring to the table next week. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that where you know Bryce is probably out walking the whole of the Marlins team for the season. Um, but you're right; it is we're slow. We're slow out the blocks for sure. But the pitching is keeping us there. That's the thing; they're keeping it down. Every you know, everyone's had their one or two duff starts of six or six-ish starts now, isn't it? We're in six or seven. Um, but you know we're keeping we're keeping it there. The bullpen's doing well. I must say as well, uh, one thing we haven't covered for a while has been the closer situation. Okay, well, we haven't got that many save opportunities, <laughs> obviously. But what we are seeing is, I think Romo is the closer now, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you think about that, Lee. Yeah, I think Romo's yeah, he's definitely the closer. He's the one who we seem to have yeah, have gone to in the ninth. Yeah, and in rare mm. occasions we do we do have a lead. And I mean, he had a few struggles early on, which is making his, his ERA look worse than what it is. I think he's in the month of April. I think his ERA was only about two, but for the season, it's it's a lot higher just because his first two, I think, outings were, were quite bad. But yeah, I'd yeah. say definitely a close. I think I think he's deserved you know, you know to, to, to have that role as well. And I think his experience yeah. there is you know helps in in in, in that situation. Yeah, I I definitely have Romo you know as as the closer for now. Yeah, yeah, me too, mate. I, I, you're completely right. The the first two outings for him, I don't think they were in save situations or anything like no. that. It's not being blown saves. He I, just think, got I, think once he's, twice. I think he's four for four, you know, in, in saves. So yeah. he's doing, and like, he's looked good. Matters. Yeah, I, I like his celebrations too. He's a passionate guy. He leaves it out there. He lets everyone, you know, when when he does get that save, he does, you know, mm. give it the full, the full celebration, which I like. I like him as a character. And actually, to be fair, thinking about trade pieces, I mean, he's been around a long time, Romo. He's a quality pitcher. He's, at the, you know, again, at the tail end of his career, but he's quality. I think he'd be awesome to be around in that bullpen anyway. Yeah. Uh, there's, if we could make deals for some of the other guys we did last year, then for me, Romo, he's a no-brainer for certain teams, mm-hmm. I think, if he if he carries on. So we'll see. Um we won't we won't dwell too much on the Sunday game and how the series finished, guys, because it ended five one with the Phillies. Um, Eflin went through the full nine and complete game. Um, the one thing I will say is that's the weakest lineup I've ever seen from a Marlins team. Oh, it's the weakest lineup this year, hundred percent. Anyway, I mean it was a, it was a proper Sunday lineup, as we know when you know with Alfaro not in the lineup, he. It is. We miss a lot when Alfaro's not there, but yeah. 
equally, we've already mentioned Bertie was leading off. Um, you know, Wallach was maybe batting five or six, and you know he's been he's, he's been okay at the plate, but you know when you compare that to what the Phillies have, it just doesn't. There's no comparison. It really is. It that was that was a triple A lineup at best from the Marlins. I think it was really not good. Um, and Rob, you're right actually. Since they've messed about with Anderson, putting him back out to right field, which I was I, I was vocal against the last time we came together, I and he was really heating up at, at third base in terms of his fielding. He looked, he was you know looking the real deal there, and then he shunted out to right field, and it has impacted his batting, hasn't it? I think you know is he just hasn't looked. He got into a bit of a groove. Now he's regressed a bit, and it's come hand in hand with him shunted back out to right field. Yeah, just bring Dean back. Uh, I, I think <laughs> he's um, ready. He's, he's hitting again, isn't he? Uh, yeah, well, he, he's Triple uh, A stats are bonkers, and we are back in that kind of quadruple A territory. But what? Why not? Um, I don't. I don't see the point. I know the whole idea of doing it was when we were in that real hitting slump, and you can now argue, especially after Dan's amazing stats uh, and Lee's <laughs> stats as well, amazing stats um, is the um, that has got us out of that slump because we're playing Prado more at third base. You've got Prado and Anderson, but it is affecting Anderson, I think. So, mm-hmm. uh, and our outfield, Mattingly admitted that the outfield, especially right, is a mess. So, well, why not just, as I said earlier, just put in players in their correct positions? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I know Austin Dean's a, a, a left fielder, but. Um, uh, you know, it, it, why not? He's hitting well. Yes, he came up. He had one good game. He then struggled a little bit. But just let him get that confidence and form and bring it back. Because every time he's gone down into Nola, he's looked really, really good. So, yeah, I, I platoon um, Prado a little bit more. Because the last thing you also want is knowing how fragile Prado is as you play him too much. He gets injured. He's no longer a trade piece. He's no good for anyone. Mm. So, yeah, bring back, bring back Dean. Or even, uh, even uh, not popular, and maybe you can argue not right for that level. But Peter O'Brien's hitting home runs again for Nola as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the the, the key bit then is if you do bring Dean back. Who, who? What's the corresponding move? I guess is is the question there. Maybe Herrera or Maybe Herrera or John Bertie. Uh, yeah, and Bertie's not yeah. looked not looked. You know, he looks you know good in the field, but um, he doesn't look. He's not giving anything to us in a batting sense at the moment. Yet again, very small sample size. All the rest of it. Neither is really Herrera, who's supposed to be that fast, get on base and dash mm-hmm. around. Um, that kind of is, you know, is no D Gordon. So, um, no. um, yeah, no. so I miss you, uh, D. Yeah. If you're listening, D, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you to be honest. It, it, those guys have all that they're, they're all much of a muchness, in my opinion. Mm. Galloway, Herrera, Bertie, they're. They're all more defensively minded, quick guys. But, you know, when they're seven, eight or six, seven, eight in the lineup, you know, it really weakens the lineup, I think. I don't think you can have 
those three in one lineup. To be honest, it's you know it's just it's challenging. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm I'm with you, Rob. I I'd like to see. Dean came up. He had a three for four night, including a home run. I think against the Phillies last time around. Was that right, or was it the Braves? One. Of, it was one of the two. Um, you know, he. It was. It was the Phillies. It was that Saturday game when we absolutely exploded. And Austin Dean, yeah, three for four, including a home run. And then, okay, he went on a bit of an 0 for, 0 for twenty odd skid after that. But he's shown he has major league ability and this is the thing it's is it quadruple a is it triple a or is it mlb level and it's uh austin dean for me flashed that in that moment in his second game i'd like to see him give him more of an opportunity i prefer austin dean rather than herrera bertie or galloway if i'm honest but i guess someone's got to play center so i suppose that'd be galloway but um yeah okay so that was last week. There's a two-game series with the Indians again coming around. I don't know what it is with two-game series with those guys. They obviously like they like their air miles or something. Um, the Indians are 15 and 12, which again, in my opinion, is irrelevant um, in terms of their records. I, I think put put the Indians in the NL East and they're below 500, <clears throat> in my opinion. Um, we're going to see. Uh, Sandy's on the mound tonight against uh, who have we got? Trevor Bauer? Yeah, up? Trevor Bauer, yeah. Yeah, Bauer. So, I mean, top quality pitcher. Is he Is he probably the ace for the Indians at the moment, Trevor Bauer? He probably is now, is he? Yeah, I'd say, yeah. I, I, I think he did he, was he the opening day pitcher? I think he was. Um, because there was a bit of a battle between him and Kluber, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess if we're seeing Bauer first, then that's right. Kluber, so we've got Bauer, uh, Bauer Alcantara tonight, 12-10. Um, Kluber, Caleb, to follow that. Both really intriguing matchups, actually, because they're you know that's the top of the Indians' rotation, I think, uh, with Bauer and Kluber. So that's going to be some really good matchups there. It's going to be interesting to see. It's not, not AL rules or anything like that, so we'll... The pitchers will be will be batting, I suppose. <laughs> For how long we will see. Um, so we've got that two game set. We're then into the Braves, so we got a day off then after that. Then leading into a three game series against the Braves. So we've been we've played them once already away, but they're uh, at Marlins Park, and we're back to top of the rotation of Arania, Richards, Lopez. Um, the Braves are sat at five hundred as well. Their issues continue, bullpen-related, starting pitching. Looks to be settling down. They've had faulty back. Mike Soroka, I saw the other night, went strong performance. Uh, so I think their starting pitching is settling down, but the bullpen remains challenging. I've seen uh, Vizcayano has gone on. I think he's out for the year, who was maybe one of their closers. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what the Braves have got, but I mean, their their lineup is similar to the Phillies. It's it's a scary, scary lineup when when everyone's playing. Looks like Donaldson has started to hit as well. He's batting in the two hole, so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough couple of series. I mean, we've got you know back to back 
two division winners from last year. Is you know that's that's who we're facing. Both of them. Well, I'm sorry, the Indians have got a winning record. The Braves are at 500 as we speak. They may have a winning record by the time we start. So, you know, some some good series to come to, guys. Um, what we'll, we'll have some a quick prediction rounds if we can, and then we're going to round everything off this week. Not with a player of the week, but we're actually going to have a uh, a popular clip contender for the season thus far. So we're six weeks in. I want you guys to quickly in your minds as well, think of one of those at bat popular clips <laughs> that we've, uh, that we, that we know and love in between innings. What's the potential this year? What's the potential clip that we'll see this year from the Marlins in the first six weeks. So uh, I'll let you dwell on that. But while we, while we get to that, we'll, we'll, we'll do some predictions. So Rob, Indians first up two games. Yeah, I rotation for the Indians. Yeah, I think um, I, uh, we we obviously split the series. I I think it could be another split again. Um, I think we could lose against Bauer uh, and then maybe win with Smith. We've actually probably got this is probably our best opportunity, not just because it's two games of actually getting a sweep. Um, just because if Alcantara uh, is is on fire and and does you know. There's, yes, he had that first game of the season where he played, and then but the, the we, we saw it last week where he, he seemed to just pick it up. And as you were talking about earlier, even with that basis loaded with only one out, managing to you know uh, get out of it without conceding any runs, so that we have that opportunity. Um, but being the Marlins, being the Marlins, I will say that's one one. Um, going into the Brave series, I just I don't know, it's all kind of. My, Mark Kakis and and Freeman, isn't it? And Acuna. It's it's he's very very frightening. Freeman has our number completely. Mm-hmm. Every he really does. Time. And yeah. so that is the issue there. So, all right. I I always try and be positive, and I did say we beat the Phillies three one last time. And I was completely wrong. So maybe I should be negative yeah. this time round. And um, and I will say one uh, one to start with. And, but when we get into the Brave series, it will be a two-one loss. Yeah, you're you're adopting my strategy now that I've that I've adopted all year on the fish stripes uh, predictions <laughs> uh, contest. I, Errol, I, Rob, I've seen you on, on them. Lee as well. Dan, are you on them as well? The the fish stripes. I've seen stuff? them. I have seen them. Yeah, but I haven't. I haven't done them. <laughs> I, I think. So are we on the last day of the month? Yeah. Weren't, so it, weren't you top top six or so, or close to the top? May I was pushing there I, yeah. only because I've been really I've basically been betting against the Marlins every time <laughs> on it. <laughs> only because only because I think well, if they win, brilliant, I'll enjoy that. But if they don't, then I'll get some points in this uh, predictions <laughs> league. That's cool. And lo and behold, I'm yeah I'm top three. So that sums up where the Marlins season's been thus far. Um, the winner of it, they're doing monthly prizes. So this is the final the final prediction ahead of the, the prize giving, so to speak. So I need to check if I'm in reach, if I go, you know, 5-0 and oh and the other guy goes 0-5 oh and five and maybe I'll work out what they've predicted and go opposite then, see what happens. But anyway, um, Lee, over to you, mate. What are you saying? Yeah, I mean... I- I actually got them all got them all right last week. 
Oh, yeah, well, I, I predicted a 3-1 Phillies and a 1-all in the Indians. So I'm going to carry on my streak and say 1-1 one, one against, one, one against the Indians. And we're going to beat the Braves 2-1. Beat the Braves, yeah? Yeah, beat the Braves 2-1. Holy moly. Woo-woo-woo, <laughs> the klaxon's out again. Awesome. Dad, what are you saying? Um... Yeah, I follow. Uh, so with a, with a one zero, I don't think we'll win tonight. Is it, do you say it's Bauer tonight? But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I, I think we'll we'll take the L tonight. But obviously, no question about Smith uh, winning tomorrow night. That's that's standard. So that's your that, guy. <laughs> <laughs> my guy. That, that's done. So I think we'll we'll, we'll split that again. Um, I, yeah, I think as much as I like to be positive, I think the best we're doing out the Braves will be taking the game. Um, Urania's was had a good outing last time. That was better, but um, need it all depends really what we can do with um, with Trevor's game. Um, but I think the best it will be will be a, will be a one-two loss against the Braves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I for some reason are feeling really confident this week, and I don't know why. Because <laughs> um, I've been. More on the pessimistic side, it's fair to say. You know, you know, ahead of the season. You know, too many beers is, is is the problem. Yeah. Oh, hold on a minute. Let me just let me just have a quick one last swig. <laughs> right. So you're right, Dan. You you absolutely nailed on. Caleb Smith is winning that second game, no question. For me, I think Sandy's going to be on his game tonight. Back at Marlins Park. It's the park that suits our pitching. I think we're going to take that as well. So, a sweep. Our first sweep since 1997. <laughs> um, just a two-game series. <laughs> we're going into the Braves. I'm predicting Urania hit by pitch against Acuna. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm expecting yeah, Acuna to be pitching against the Rainier and actually throw one at him. I don't know. I mean, this is it, guys. I mean, this is going to be... So we haven't got into this, but we, we should have done. <laughs> We're going to have Arania batting for the first time. Is he going to be batting for the first time against the Braves since that? I, I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, he is. Who's the um, stat man? Who is the stat man now on this podcast? Yeah, because he has. We avoided him earlier in the season, didn't we? And yeah, so this is the well, the the key one is is with when Urania uh, pitches at, at over in Atlanta. But yeah, this is we since then we've we've avoided him and Atlanta. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting if there is any revenge going on. Now, actually, being the first game of the series, um, if something does happen, then it could really, really make it interesting because um, if the Braves are really on it, they're quite, they're really difficult to beat, like we saw last year. If they're all a bit messed up, then um, and sort of players are starting to mouth off a bit, then yeah, we 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 could turn. What could be a, a a a nasty hit somewhere for Urania when he's batting into something positive where we could potentially win that game or win the series? But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do when he first comes out to bat. 
Yeah, it, I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be his first plate appearance since uh, that that incident with Acuna. So that's going to be interesting. We we actually that's a bit of an oversight from us on this. This yeah, means you know, Brinson forgot. kind of distracted us. Yeah, we just forgot. We forgot all about it. But uh, yeah, I, it yeah. won't be a, it won't it, it won't be an issue when it's over uh, in in Atlanta because uh, Urania would have been traded by then. I reckon. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I was on that as well earlier this year. I think a strong, strong chance. So, back to the predictions, though. Sweep against the Indians. Sweep against the Braves. <laughs> Bob at Braves in the UK. Stick that in your pipe. It's uh, I'm predicting the sweep. Double back-to-back sweeps. The Marlins are going to have an awesome week. An awesome week this week. I could... I don't know why I can just feel it happening. So if there's anyone betting out there, if anyone's interested in betting on the Marlins, I'd heavily, <laughs> I'd heavily suggest you go and back back to back sweeps for well the Indians and the Braves in effect. You know, go and back them. The other bad news, Dan, as well. I've also got a Caleb Smith jersey on the way as well. So what one? What one? Got the white on the way, but that could end his career. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, very true. Very true. Done, yeah. yeah. So there we go, oh, guys. Well, at, least you, at least you haven't um, left yourself up for any ridicule there for, that, for those predictions, mate. So uh, good luck on no, Twitter this week. I've, I've decided, to, and also I turned my notifications off on Twitter, by the way. So just uh, <laughs> FYI on that. I just, I just feel it. I feel this week. Lewis is down. That's going to take that spotlight away. The guys are just going to play, and it's just going to click this week. I could just see it happening out of nowhere. Sneaky five-game win streak this week. <laughs> I think we pretty much battered the Indians last time around. We should have beaten the Braves last time around at their place. They're going to come to Marlins Park, not enjoy it. Okay, Freddie Freeman does always have our number, um, but Urania is going to be bang up for it. Trevor is going to want to respond. Let's hope he doesn't end up. Hitting a rate, um, hitting uh, Acuna in the head, <laughs> a la Gene Segura, and then Pablo's going to come in and do his thing. So there you go, a five-game win streak this week. It's going to be awesome, um, guys. I'm mindful of time because, of course, we've we've you know we're at the one hour fourteen minute mark. So this is this is extra. We're in extra innings here, guys. But should we end uh... off with a should we just mention very quickly Zach Gallon again? Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got our, our regular Zach Gallon uh, <laughs> as, as, as spot. He's uh, yet again. He's been the uh, pitcher of the week in the Pacific Coast League. Um, that's that's now twice in three weeks, uh, which is quite incredible. And his latest uh, pitching performance. Uh, against the brilliantly named Round Rock Express, I just love all these minor league names. Mm. Um, <laughs> was uh, just a, a slightly handy eight innings pitched, um, two earned runs, one walk, uh, seven strikeouts. Uh, he just looks um, uh, just fantastic at the moment. Really, really good. Yeah. And just a note on that game: Forrest Whitley pitched for um, Round Rock because it's a Houston. Uh, yeah, he's the Astros pitch. guy, isn't he? Yeah, the number one pick. And it is early days, and he's gone very quickly into uh, AAA. But he got hammered by us. Uh, he, he ended up giving away 
uh, four runs, uh, including bizarrely a home run to Yadiel Rivera and Devon Marrero. So two of our probably least powerful bats. Um, but yeah, uh, yet again, um, yeah, Gallon looks looks fantastic. The thing is with Gallon, we're going to see him. How how we see him is going to be the interesting part there. Is it an injury? Is it a move they make? I mean, we're just about to go into May. It's a bloody long season with baseball anyway. There's no rush. The guy is on fire. It's no problem with him, in my opinion. Just lighten up AAA for now. Yeah. The pit, a pit, someone will go down. Someone will strain something. And who knows? I mean, Arania's about to go and bat against the Braves. Who knows <laughs> what's going to happen there? So, you know, that... Anything could happen, but I, I think we're going to see him sooner rather than later. But it's just how he gets there is going to be the the key bit. We'll we'll see. But sorry, Rob, there that was a relatively shortened AAA overview. <laughs> that's all he need this week. That's I mean that's that's fine. It's good to know, and it's interesting to hear. That, yeah, the Astros. I mean, this just talks to the depth of the Marlins at the moment. And I saw a tweet earlier. From a, I think he's, uh, he was a Red Sox writer actually, that tweeted about Gallon, basically saying I was looking at minor league pitching stats, and he then put a tweet up going within 15 seconds of looking at stats in the minor leagues. My question is, why is Gallon not in on the major league roster at the moment? I don't, I don't, I don't think he's on the 40 man actually. So, um. You know, if he's getting that level of attention where Red Sox writers are writing about Gallon, then, you know, it's, you know, it's going to happen. But this just talks of the depth of the Marlins. Our pitching is absolutely stacked. And we've never said that. Yeah. And the future is bright. The future well, is absolutely bright. I think Craig Mish said it on his, um, on his last podcast that he actually thinks it's the best, uh, most stacked pitching the Marlins have had in their history. Now, you know, I've, I've not followed baseball long enough to even know if that's close to being true, but I mean, I do know that that's pretty impressive, like from, mm. from um, you know, something, someone who was notoriously known that it was the other way around. We had plenty of batting power and nothing going on pitching. Um, that's come full circle, so that can only be, that can only be good news. Yeah, I, I agree, and shout out to Craig Mish, of course, uh, yeah. another fan of the pod. It's... Uh, <laughs> We're getting a huge following with the blue tickers at the moment. It's it's impressive. Um, you're right, though. It's the pitching quality and the depth is just it's just incredible at the moment. And if you've got the Astros' top prospect rock, rocking up and getting absolutely hammered by, let's be honest, fringe prospects in many ways for the Marlins, then you know what does that say? You know these guys. They're projecting depth, but maybe they don't have it. But I tell you, the Marlins really do have depth from a pitching perspective. And that that is absolutely core to building a challenging franchise for many years, in my opinion. In the Pacific so, Coast League, out of the, the top um, pitchers in ERA at the moment, um, at, uh, three out of the top five are Marlins um, in regards to Gallon. Uh, uh, Hernandez and uh, and Noesi. So it's um, 
yeah, it, we've got some good strength there. It's really good. It's good to see. Yeah. The question would be, does anything happen at the trade deadline this year? I mean, it doesn't have to be at the deadline as such, but in the lead-up to the trade deadline, does anything happen with either one of those prospects? Does anything happen with the guys in the rotation now? Does anyone want to take a chance on Chen? Um, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, I think so. again, no, probably not. No. But we're only at the end of April. It's we're still a long way off from that, but you know, time will tell. Right, guys, I've given you all five or so minutes to dwell on a popular clip uh, opportunity or uh, the most likely candidate from the Marlins season. So let's round things off this week with a, a popular clip contender. Who wants to go first? I'll go first with you've Garrett got, you've Cooper. You've got one queued. You've got yeah. one queued up. Yeah, go on. It's, it's Garrett Cooper. It's topical because he's back today. And um, it was his incredible throw against the Rockies, uh, probably first game of the season, I think, uh, where Blackman hit it out uh, into right field. And he did an incredible pinpoint throw to third base to get out mm-hmm. Ionetta. So that is, uh, that is my popular clip. Mm-hmm. Good. I remember it well. It was, it was a good one. That was an absolute gun, wasn't it? That throw. It was awesome. Who's next up? Well, um, well, Rob's taking it again for me. That was the one I was going to have, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but I have got a second one. I have got a second one. And it was relatively recent. I think it was against uh the nationals um and it was a hit to miggy row at shortstop and um he, he sort of all in one motion collected it got up spun and threw it to first base um can't remember who was on first base but got got the guy out literally by yeah the 0.01 seconds but it was a great call it was a great play and um i think yeah i think it was impactful in the game as well i can't remember if we ended up winning but it was um, it was a real highlight. It was one. It was one of them sit up moments. Going, wow, that's that's pretty special. Oh, awesome! Bit of fielding love. Fielding <laughs> yeah. for Miggy Rowe. Right, go on then, Lee. Give us. Yeah, I mean, saying I was. You, going you've lost go, them. They're gone. They're gone. Go, go for Rob's one. One as well. That's what I had in mind. <laughs> so I, I, I'll take a recent one, and that'd be you know Starling Castro's home run the other night. You know, in the in the tenth inning, you know, we, we, which won us the game in the end, because we, we haven't had many you know, many other highlights you know, <laughs> on offense for for you know, for like, for, like, for like walk off hits or anything like that. So that, mm. so that's the closest closest that, that we've come so far. So yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say say the Castro home run in the tenth. Yeah, actually, that's a good question. We haven't walked off this year, have we? Or have Not we? That I could think of, no. That, 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 oh. That's what I was trying to think of in my mind, no. but, but nothing jumped out. No, that's right, because <laughs> and obviously Castro, after Castro's two-run bomb, which was awesome, they still had a ch- They were batting again after yeah, that, weren't they, the bat, Phillies? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I like that one too. That was, like I said earlier, that was my favourite game, I think, yeah. of the year that I watched live and just enjoyed it. And I got heavily into that game and it was just, it was dominant, but and what a great finish because I was, a, I've been a little bit on Castro's ass this year, particularly these 
grounding into double play scenarios. I mean, he, he did that on Sunday, I think. He did. He did. Yeah. I, 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 had, I had a bat in my hand and I stuck yeah. a bat over my knee at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I have been on his ass, and the guy. I mean, when you, if you think guys about shifting and getting the shift right, everyone gets the shift right against Castro. The dude. <laughs> just hits ground balls into that zone over and over and over. It's just absolutely incredible. And yeah, he had another one Sunday. It's frustrating to watch, but you're right. That, that bomb was, was fun. Um, so my, my memorable clip, although or popular clip, sorry, whilst I haven't fully prepped for one in effect, I've probably already delivered mine. And that was that, that Alcantara, um, change up that that got Carlos Santana I mean it, it literally did look like where, where he was at bat that Santana he looked like the, the guitar player there he had him he had a complete bamboozled it was awesome I'm sure there's been I, the other one I can think of that's sticking in my mind was that game where Alfaro hit two opposite field home runs and it was the second one. He was running around, and he, he uses the same celebration. He uses the how would you describe that? Because this is an emoji, and I don't know what that is. What yeah. <laughs> for the guys? I mean, for the listeners, you won't see this, but I'm I, sure I, guys that... I don't know. I'm nearly forty. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out on this pod. If anyone wants to come back and describe to us what this emoji is called. It may just be the Alfaro, but it's the kind of bullhorn. It's the the pinky finger up and the um, the index finger up signal. That's Alfaro's signal to the crowd. Um, that's my favourite emoji uh, as well. Before we finish, guys, is there any emoji? We we love emoji talk on this pod, so. <laughs> What emoji have we missed from the last week, or what? What would you use to describe it? That face palm thing, because I think we should have won more games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good shout. Good yeah. shout. Agree. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair. My my one that I'd use, I, I'm going to use that the head exploding one. Um, <laughs> Again, that's probably just called the head exploding. And it's for two reasons. It was for the Alcantara pitch, but also it was for the Bryce Harper two-run RBI bloop to right field when no one was stood there and the Marlins <laughs> were shifting. I don't know where they were. They, they may have been just sat in the Clevelander having a couple of pints. I don't know what they were doing. Um, who knows? Guys, uh, I appreciate you dialing in. Great pods. This is our longest pod, by the way. <laughs> We're hoping that everyone has, uh, the listeners have stayed, stayed tuned for the whole, the whole of this uh, almost hour and a half. It's longer than a Game of Thrones episode, this guy. So, um, and we said there weren't a lot to talk about this week as well. <laughs> we said, we said this will be a quick one. There's nothing to talk about. And then, of course, we dialed in. Breaking news happened. I had to fire up the klaxons. And, you know, lo and behold, we're an hour and a half in. So, um, any final remarks, guys, before we sign off? For, Player uh, of the week. Player, Player of, the... of the week. Oh Player my week. lord! Oh my lord! Well, we better we better go around that quickly. We'll go reverse order. So, Dan, if you got a player oh, in mind, 
Oh, Rob, you, you must have one. You've yeah, Stalin Castro uh, <laughs> is for me this week. He's had a, a, a fantastic week um, where he's had eight hits off 27 at-bats, including that brilliant home run, an average of just around 300, and a good on-base percentage as well. So he's, he's seems to have uh, yeah, caught fire again, just like you were just saying earlier. Mm. Yeah, go on. Okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll have to, uh, seeing as I spent most of my weekend on the arse from London Marathon training <laughs> and recovery, I'll have to just take Rob's word for it because I didn't see a lot for it. But those figures sound pretty good, so I can't, I can't <laughs> deny it. You know, I'll have to just jump on the ship and say, uh, say Stalin as well. Fair enough. I'll go for uh, Alfaro. He went seven for twenty-one, two home runs and three, uh, you know. Uh, runs batted in, and uh, you know, his catching was good. So I, I think Alfaro for me, player of the week. Mm, good. Well, I'm going to go for. Ah, uh, it's a toss up actually. Chen. I. <laughs> Scoreless. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He was on the short list. Um, I'm going to go honourable mention to Chen. <laughs> and it's a very honourable mention my man um, but for me we only won two games last week Pablo taking the no hitter into the seventh, I'm going to go Pablo mm-hmm. um, he also pitched he pitched okay I guess on on the Sunday game he wasn't yeah. he wasn't Lights out as such, but he had a you know it was a two start week for him. He got the win with the Indians, and then yeah, I mean we already talked about it. The lineup was absolutely rancid on the Sunday. So I mean on the Sunday as well, he got unlucky because he actually threw strike three to get the third out in one sick fitting was it, and then he threw a a wild pitch on like the next ball, and they and they scored a run. So he should have been you know clear, but yeah, it was that's that's right. There was. There was an inside call, wasn't it, where it yeah. was like hugely in the zone, yeah. um, and was would have been strike three. And then for some reason, he just completely lost his mind. Yeah, he lost and, after that, yeah. I don't know what he was doing. Poor old Chad Wallach. Yeah. What was coming? He was just getting a bit crazy and hectic. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Pablo just for that performance away at the Indians, uh, taking the no hitter into the seventh. Uh, I think it was it was an awesome. Awesome display. Um, right, so I suppose that leaves Castro as player of the week. So we'll expect him to be, what, DFA next week? <laughs> God knows. Um, awesome, guys. Well, thanks again to, to you three, the three amigos, doing, doing what they do best. Uh, thanks to the listeners. Uh, you've been listening to uh, Fish Across the Pond podcast. Manny Marlins UK podcast uh, and until next week uh, as you know we're we're pushing out content every Wednesday every Wednesday morning there'll be there'll be your podcast uh, in the inbox so subscribe review comment on anything you you want to see you want to hear anything you don't want to hear <laughs> we won't listen but until uh, <laughs> till next week guys we'll uh, we'll see you then thanks guys bye bye